Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. Well, we hope your Thanksgiving was as great as ours here at the Keatsman House in 2022. We had a wonderful, wonderful day, beautiful weather. We sat outside a little bit, had a great meal, didn't overdo it, didn't overeat. Everything just worked out great. My mom had a great time. Jessica made a spectacular and gorgeous cherry pie that my mom just loved so much. Took a picture of it, put it on Twitter. If you want to check it out, Twitter's a safe space now. I'm at KK Has Issues on Twitter. I would encourage any of you to sign up and use it sort of as a news feed. Even if you don't want to post, it's a, a lot of people on Twitter don't ever post anything. But you can follow folks and see what's going on in the world and maybe follow some of your favorite sportscasters or news commentators or politicians. It's pretty interesting. If you've not been on Twitter, I would encourage you to sign up now and go there and get a handle. And if you don't want to post, don't post. But follow me, see what's going on around our world at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues and see that beautiful Beautiful pie. I mean, it was just spectacular, the pie that Jessica made. We had a great day. We had a couple of uh, family members couldn't make it because they had the flu, uh, but no worse for the wear. We had a great, great Thanksgiving, and we hope you enjoyed it as well. And three really good football games, a whole bunch of football games. The college football game was good and tremendous basketball. And in a weird twist, we're going to start with basketball, and then we have an unbelievably great interview today for you on this Black Friday. We're going to stay away from the whole shopping thing, but we – uh we enjoyed watching a lot of college basketball over the last couple of days. Nothing more thrilling than Kansas winning their game on Thanksgiving Day at the buzzer with two-tenths of a second left. Bobby Pettiford, with his only basket of the game, gets the putback with two-tenths left in a game that I've got many family members that are KU fans, and they were all just riveted watching this thing. I said, it's not that interesting. We know who wins. <laughs> we, I don't remember when they lost. When did they last lose? Like last January or something? I mean, Kansas doesn't lose. So... They just don't lose. Amazingly, they're the underdog against Tennessee on Friday night in the championship of the battle for Atlantis, which is surprising to me because Rick Barnes, the Tennessee coach, is 8-21 and against Kansas. Uh, Josiah Jordan-James, the top scorer for Tennessee, has a bad knee. He's missed two games this year, and he's playing at half speed. They worked their way here. They, they lost a game earlier this year, Tennessee did, that they probably shouldn't have lost, and then they needed overtime to beat USC to get here. Somehow, Tennessee's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm all over that. Kansas wins basketball games. When Kansas gets points, you take it. That's just a rule. You just always take it. So they're playing Tennessee on Friday night in the battle for Atlantis championship. Tennessee was picked third in the SEC. But in the win over Wisconsin, Kansas had this game easily. And it looked like, well, this is boring. Because Tennessee or uh, Wisconsin can't score. Uh, they First 10, 12 minutes of the game, Kansas played one of those little slowdown, dogged games. It looked like Wisconsin was going to control the entire game. But then they didn't. KU found their form. They hit some threes and built a pretty big lead. I think they were by 13 or something. I wasn't watching as closely. We were busy getting everything ready and people getting ready to come over. And then they got here and it got crowded. I had to pick my mom up, all this other stuff. So then we're watching the end. And it was very dramatic in overtime. Pettiford with the basket, two tenths left of a second off of a miss, off the glass. A tremendous shot. But the, the meme that hit social media after the game was the basket that tied the game to go to overtime. And so Kevin McCullough hit a three to send this game to overtime with 10 seconds left in a basket that shouldn't have counted. The ball was saved from out of bounds by Kansas, but the replay clearly showed Kansas was out of bounds on the floor with the ball before they threw it to McCullough, who hit the three. 
There was no review of the play, and I don't even know that you can ask for a review or what you're supposed to do. The only reason I bring this up is we just saw in back-to-back days, Kansas will likely now, I think, win the battle for Atlantis tournament. Kansas State won the Cayman Islands Classic tournament, and they won on a crazy officiating thing. These games are so close, and, you know, they go to the scoreboard now, and they check everything. So this is weird. In the Kansas game, they didn't check. No official saw him out of bounds. I think Kansas loses the game. If they're called out of, out of bounds there, Wisconsin gets the ball. Kansas would have to foul. And um, Wisconsin, if they make a free throw, they win the game. One of two, they would win the game. So a missed call in the Kansas game and no review benefited the Jayhawks. In the K-State game, it was even stranger and crazier and luckier than anything I've ever seen. I've seen officials miss calls. I've seen plays not reviewed. Doesn't seem all that out of the ordinary, right? Have you ever seen what happened with K-State? If you didn't see what happened, okay, they're playing in the championship game and they're playing against LSU and it's been a good game all night. It's been close and back and forth and it's not great basketball, but it's good basketball. It's two teams that look like they're good, not great. This, This was not a strong field in the Caymans. So Kansas State goes down in the worst Set play you've ever seen to try to take the lead and win the game. The, the shot clock differential here is about five seconds. Kansas State has the ball in a tie game. They set up a play. They botch it. They dribble it off their knee. It's a loose ball. It's going out of bounds. A player goes to save it, throws it back in to Keontae Johnson, who pushed just a little push shot with his hand just to get it out of his hand from eight, nine feet away from the basket just to get rid of it because he knows the shot clock buzzer is going to go off. That basket goes in. Now there's 4.7 seconds left in the ballgame. K-State's up two. LSU inbounds it. K-State isn't really pressing. Dude gets the ball and just dribbles. And he dribbles and he almost loses it as he crosses half court. Then he recovers it. Then he dribbles some more. Goes right down the lane uncontested. And just lays it in the basket. And then the red light goes off behind the backboard. Overtime. Easy. They show the replay. Easy. That basket counts. We're transitioning from upstairs to downstairs. My son is here. We're going to go downstairs. We're going to watch some stuff. And, you know, we were all relatively early. We're hanging out upstairs. So we're, okay, okay, before we go to overtime, I'll watch the end of this on my phone. I don't know what we were getting ready to watch, a movie or a game or something. And I'm watching this thing on my phone. I said, great, let's go downstairs. So I hit pause, and I go downstairs, and I turn the TV on, and I get the lights on. And it takes me maybe three or four minutes. And I thought, well, if I miss the first couple possessions of overtime, who cares? So now I got everything set. And everybody comes down. I turn my phone back on and I hit play and I'm taking a look at this thing and they're celebrating. Kansas State's won the game. I don't know what's happened. I can't figure any of it out. My buddies are, <laughs> my phone's just exploding. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're so great. Oh God, we're going to win the national title. We're six and oh, this is unbelievable. Like, wait, what? This game is supposed to be in overtime right now. What happened? Before, the possession of that game, there were three consecutive timeouts called, which should be against the rules. We talk about sports taking a long time. I was already bored to death with this game because LSU called timeout, timeout, timeout. It was taking forever. Then they made the basket. I'm like, I've sat here for what now, 12 minutes? And and I've seen 4.7 seconds of action. So I'm ready to go downstairs and, you know, whatever. And my phone's blown up. I'm like, guys, uh, that's awesome. What the hell happened? And so when I quit on the game... John Higgins, we all know Higgins, the referee, is over at the scorer's table. And it's taking forever. Like, what in the world are they looking at? This is the easiest call ever. The ball is out of his hand. The light went off. It's a basket. 
This is crazy. I am sick of waiting. I've been through three straight timeouts. I'm sick of waiting. And so I hit pause and I go downstairs. I turn it back on a few minutes later, expecting to see the last three and a half, four minutes of overtime. And K-State celebrating, dropping water bottles all over each other. They went to the scoreboard and looked at the review and literally pulled out a stopwatch and said he didn't get to the basket in 4.7 seconds. We don't know if the clock didn't start on time. We don't know if the scoreboard operator had a bet on LSU. We don't know if it was human error. We don't know anything. Higgins, who calls how many Big 12 games, goes over the lead official to the table and pulls out a stopwatch and times LSU and rules that whatever that red light was, whatever the scoreboard said, whatever happened doesn't count. This game is over. The man did not score in 4.7 seconds. And my response to that is, that is incredibly unfair for LSU. Ridiculously unfair. You're looking at a clock and you're going down the floor and the player has a feel for this and he goes to the basket and lays it in. He's playing the clock while he's playing. It's not fair. It wasn't fair. It was fantastic. And I I texted my buddies. I said, well, Jerome Tang, clearly a God-fearing man, a devout Christian, wonderful person by all accounts, just a great, great guy. And all the players love him. Okay. We'll see what they are as a team. They're undefeated, which is remarkable. And they won this tournament, which is remarkable. We'll see when it all, I'll say this about Jerome Tang. Since he arrived at K-State and started playing basketball games, it looks to me like K-State gets every call, every break, every little thing that has to happen, they get. They won an overtime the night before making clutch baskets, and then in overtime just pulled away and drilled Nevada. It's completely changed. The fortunes of the basketball team have changed. Now, maybe they're just starting lucky. I've never seen a call like this. I've certainly never seen a Kansas State team win on some sort of referee going over with a stopwatch and looking at a video review and saying, nope, K-State won. I've never seen anything like it. Kansas caught a break. K-State caught a break. Missouri is 6-0. Are you kidding me? Missouri had 27 assists in their game Wednesday, scoring 89 points against Coastal Carolina. And the best thing about the Missouri Tigers, this is absolutely the best thing. Dennis Gates, I like this guy. I like him already. He says right after the game, we haven't done anything yet. We haven't done anything yet. We're 6-0, and largely like K-State, teams that you could or should beat. Now, K-State has a road victory at Cal. Cal was picked last in the Pac-12 but they have a road victory and they've won a neutral site tournament. So K-State's resume is a little better than Missouri's at this point. But Dennis Gates saying we haven't done anything yet is awesome because here is the schedule in the next few weeks for Missouri. Not exactly in this order. There's a couple of other games sprinkled in. But next Tuesday night, they have Wichita State. After that, they'll get Illinois, Kansas, and Kentucky. We're going to find out real fast. K-State doesn't really play anybody. They've got Butler on the schedule, but near as I can tell, Butler's not any good this year. So I, I don't know how much we're going to learn in the non-con about Kansas State, but Missouri, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn really fast. But this is 27 assists. They are sharing the ball. They're passing it. They're a scoring machine. Dennis Gates looks like he knows exactly what he's doing. He's got players in that he's coached before. This looks really good at Mizzou. Very, very exciting in college basketball. Very, very exciting. All right, it's Black Friday. KKHI is brought to you by bstock.net in Olathe. They've got Black Friday specials. They're open. They're ready to go right now. All Sony TVs sold at cost. They will show you the invoice. You pay them what they paid for them. They're out the door. They make nothing on them. Zero. If you're a KKHI listener, all Sony TVs at cost. 
Windows, laptops, 8th, ninth generation processor also sold at cost. They have dozens and dozens and dozens of these laptops that will show you the invoice and sell it at cost. They have the OLED 65-inch Vizio OLED TV, $999. It's $1,400 at Best Buy. This is the cheapest you will find any OLED mark television on the market. The very lowest price, $999. It's all at bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road. Were you a little cramped or uncomfortable in your kitchen for Thanksgiving? Think about a remodel over the next few months. Next year could be different with Cross Kitchens KC. Online at crosskitchenskc.com. Family owned and operated in Belton. Black Friday is a perfect day to call Tim and say, hey, let's set something up for the next couple of weeks. Talk about how we can make this house just a little bit more open, a little bit more comfortable, a little bit something different maybe for Thanksgiving. Maybe add a second oven to the kitchen, whatever it may take. Crosskitchenskc.com. And Advantage Termite and Pest Control, the only pest control company I've ever used for over 20 years. Their customer service is top-notch. They also do lawn care. If you'd like to contact Advantage Termite and Pest Control for a complete maintenance program for 2023, make the call right now. 913-768-8989. That's 913-768-8989. It really is Advantage Services. If you would like them to sign you up for annual services at your home, uh, do business with great people. These are wonderful folks. The Wolcotts are great, and they would love to uh, work with you and your family, residential or commercial, AdvantageTPC.com. All right, our conversation on this Black Friday is with Michael Stewart. He's an interesting guy, okay? Now, I don't want to say he's just a guy, but he's a listener of the podcast. This is a really interesting story. I thought it would be a great Black Friday story because if you're looking for a gift for Black Friday, this is a very inexpensive one. You can order his book today. You can buy it at Amazon. You can get it anywhere. You can order his book. This is a great story of a guy who is not an author. He had an itch to write. He is an engineer. He's an engineer of, of highways, roads, bridges, things like that. Okay? So I don't want to say he's just an average guy because average guys aren't that smart. This is a smart guy. He's an engineer for crying out loud. He's a lot smarter than podcast boy. Let's just go ahead and get the hard part out of the way. But he, he loves movies. He loves action movies. He loves diehard movies. He loves thrillers. He loves novels. He loves all these books, John Grisham novels. He loves all of this stuff. So we thought, well, what the heck? We've seen Indiana Jones being, he's an uh, archaeologist who's a hero. We've seen all kinds of people that aren't cops become heroes in movies, right? They get pulled into something. Uh, Nicolas Cage in the National Treasure movies beats people up, runs, escapes, becomes an action hero. He's what? What is he? He's a historian. He's a history professor, for crying out loud. So Michael Stewart had the idea, what if an engineer got called in or pulled in by the FBI to help them with a terrorist attack because something has happened? In this case, it's based right here in the Midwest. It is a dam that floods an entire town, and they don't know whether it was terrorists or the dam broke or whatever, but as it unfolds, this character, who Michael Stewart basically base, bases on himself, this character gets involved with the FBI, gets a gun, does the whole thing, and becomes your hero of this novel. It sounds fantastic. It is written like a novel to become a movie. He's pitching it everywhere, but you may like it. They're calling this the, uh, they're calling Michael Stewart the John Grisham of engineering thrillers. It's a fascinating conversation. We love conservatives that just decide they're going to do something. And in the spirit of Thanksgiving, and the pilgrims coming here, realizing they had to do something and what they were going to try to do with this land 
and what would eventually become the United States of America in that tradition, that Thanksgiving spirit, and the possibility of Black Friday, which is the most commercial American thing there is. You want to buy a Christmas present for somebody or for yourself. I would encourage you to buy the book, The Hills Be Shaken. The Hills Be Shaken. It's a novel by Michael Stewart, and he joins us right now. Hit it! The KK Has Issues Conversation is presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. Shop, click, drive at robertsrobinson.com. Well, it's becoming a little-known tradition, but it is a tradition nonetheless at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues that we have on local authors from time to time, people who many times do other things and write a book. They're experts, and I think it's cool. I mostly hear about these folks because they're listeners to the podcast. They reach out to me, and one such fella is Michael Stewart. He is an engineer by trade. He designs streets and highways and such. He lives in Topeka, and he has written a novel called The Hills Be Shaken about, well, an attack, basically, in Manhattan, where the dam breaks, the water goes, and I don't know. He's the John Grisham of engineering thrillers. That's the way we talk about Michael Stewart, and he joins us now. Hello, Michael. How are you, sir? Doing great, Kevin. Thanks a lot for thanks a lot for that incredible introduction and for having me on here. Well, let's Honor start. To be here. Oh, thank you. And I, I know that you have years into this book because you didn't find a publisher for a while, and then you decided yeah. to go your own way. Before we get to the premise of this and the genre of book, the novel that you're writing, let's talk a little bit about who and what you are. You're an engineer by trade, and you continue to be an engineer. You're not a professional author. You are an engineer. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, um, I went to K-State for engineering. I'm lived in Topeka my whole life and, uh, McKenzie and, uh, yeah, do, uh, yeah. Engineering pays the bills and puts food on the table for, for my kids. So. And you have six kids and you're a world record holder of a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I don't know which one of those two are, uh, uh, more, out, uh, uh, more of a crazy statement, but yeah, I've got six, six children. They age range from three to 18. Um, love them all. And uh, yeah, we're always working hard to put, like I said, take care of them, make sure they're taken care of. And, and I've been blessed to be working in the engineering field and be able to do that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I own a world record in uh, back to the future on the Nintendo. It's uh, <laughs> I'm a big movie bus. Back to the future is my favorite movie and video game. And I, happen to be uh, just love that game so much. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, you're Michael, you're not, I'm not saying you are, but what you're describing here is a nerd. <laughs> I mean, you got all these kids, you're an engineer, your video game world record is from like the eighties. I went and I watched part of the video that you have on your website. Michael Stewart's website is michaelstewart.fun. He has a 55 minute video of his world record of back to the future, which by the way, I didn't even know there was a back to the future video game and you hold the <laughs> world record. And how many times have you sat down and just recorded your entire video game? Uh, probably, it's probably to get, to get to that video, you know, you make some mistakes and stuff. So I probably did it like 10 times. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just that one, I think it's cool. And I know you're proud of it. I didn't really know there was a back to the future video game. Was it very, was it really popular? Now I'm not a video game guy. How popular was it? Well, that's the thing. It, it was a very unpopular game and, and it's considered, uh, by many to be one of the worst games. So because of that, uh, no, ser no serious gamers are going to be 
uh, are out there trying to uh, break the record. So it, it kind of left an open door for me. That's awesome. So you found a video game, you set the record, and you figure nobody else is going to try to come get me. That's awesome. That's just yeah. great. All right. So where did you hatch the idea? You've got an 18-year-old. And you've got a three-year-old, so you've been busy raising children. And apparently a few years ago, you hatched an idea that engineering is great. You're obviously very good at it. You're skilled at it. But you really wanted to write novels. How did you come up with this idea? And did people think you were crazy? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. people thought it was strange, for sure. Um, you know, I again, I, I'm a big movie buff, love watching movies. Um, but there's never been there's not a movie that stars engineers and there's not a movie about engineering. And, uh, so I thought it, you know, most writers will tell you they write things that they want to read because it's not out there. There's a certain thing that story they want to read or watch a movie of, and it's not there. And there is no, there is no, uh, action star with an engineer or, or a thriller starring engine, you know, with, with engineering in it. And so I had this idea of, sort of a trailer in my head of a movie that I would want to go see. And so I wrote it so that I could <laughs> find out what happens and, and, and sort of read it myself. Okay. Um, so, all right. So the book is called the Hills be shaken. You can find it every, anywhere. Amazon's the best place to go. You can also go to michaelstewart.fun. If you buy the book and you go there and you want to send him a message at his website, he'll autograph it for you and send it to you an autograph copy. First 10 people that do that. He'd be happy to do that. The Hills be shaken, a novel. And, I guess some are referring to this as Little 9-11. This is Manhattan, Kansas, not Manhattan, New York. And it's, a, it's an attack. We don't want to give too much away on the book. But essentially, your premise when you sat down to write this was engineer becomes cop or engineer becomes the guy the FBI really needs to figure out what the heck is yeah. going on. So that's the premise of it. And it's described a little bit like Die Hard meets MacGyver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got it's got the fun uh, action scenes you're expecting in a in a thriller. Um, it has the the mystery and suspense that you would expect in a in a crime uh, investigation novel. Um, and but it's got some engineering woven into it because again, it's a it's a, a it, the disaster is such that the the FBI needs the help of engineers to solve this crime. Uh, so the main character Mose Haley is an engineer that gets recruited to become an FBI agent. And, um, and again, I, it, 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 the engineering isn't overwhelming. It's just kind of woven into the story. It's a, it's a, it's a traditional, uh, mystery or, or suspense thriller, but with, with an engineering spin on it, that's kind of woven in throughout. And you wrote this novel thinking in, in your own mind, Hey, this could be an action thriller movie. Is it, is it, how much of it is traditional novel and how much of it is screenplay? Um, it's, it's a, it's written like a traditional novel, but but I the way I see things is always like a movie. I I, I feel like it would translate to a movie really well. Uh, again, much you mentioned John Grisham earlier. Uh, I his 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 novels just translate naturally to movies. There's been so many good ones, whether you know Tom Cruise and and Denzel Washington have starred in his movies, and um, and you know he did something no one else wanted. It's thought was you know, would make a good premise for a book. And that's, you know, where a lawyer is a main character. Nobody wants to read a boring lawyer's novel, but guess what they do. And, and, and so that's what I'm trying to do is kind of introduce sort of a new subgenre to, to everybody. And, and that's, 
the, the engineering thriller. Well, this is a tried and true formula in Hollywood that you've got here. And I'm, I'm thinking Harrison Ford more than anything else. Not now, not to be in, in this because he's older. But I think about the Indiana <laughs> yeah. Jones movie. He's an archaeologist, and yet he becomes just this incredible action hero, which you would never think of the same things. Or I think of The Fugitive, where he was a doctor and was an amazing action scene fugitive. I mean, you just wouldn't think of a doctor or an archaeologist like that. Why not engineers? So help me explain what the engineering is in this. It has to do with a dam and a flood. And then what? Roads? How do you how do you weave engineering into this? Why does the FBI need the engineer? Well, to, to start off with, even the, uh, the, the public doesn't know what happened, whether the collapse of the dam was truly uh, a natural occurrence from an earthquake or whether it was a terrorist attack. In the end, because the the destruction washed away so much of because it caused so much destruction, it, it it took away any evidence as well, and so they really don't know. So they they have to turn to engineers to kind of help them understand how dams work and how um, how this how an attack could even be un- carried out to begin with, and um, and so that's kind of where the the that that's where the um, the story starts, and that's where the investigation starts out. Eventually, um, the, the novel leads into, um, you know, there, there's some interesting action sequences where, uh, engineering comes into play where the, and again, sort of like MacGyver, where the main character has to kind of get himself out of a jam with some creative thinking that, uh, somebody else wouldn't necessarily think of, but an engineer would. So, uh, that's kind of a slant on it. And there's a passage in the book that says the kid that only dreamed of kissing a girl and growing armpit hair was now supposed to chase bad guys. So this is a bit of a fish out of water story, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, the main character, uh, is an engineer and, uh, you wouldn't expect an engineer to become a cop, but that's, that's what happens. And, um, you know, uh, this, this, I, I didn't know how good of a book I had on my hand, on my hands when, when I released it. Um, but to date, there's been over a hundred reviews on, on Goodreads and on Amazon and, you know, averaging four and a half stars on, on Amazon and on Goodreads, it has a 98%, uh, liked it, uh, percentage, which is kind of like their version of Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's basically a 98% Rotten Tomatoes score on Goodreads. Um, and, and what a lot of the people are saying, the reviewers are saying is that this, this, uh, this main character was is so feels so real and flawed. Um, and, and it's just me. It's the main character is me. It's an engineer it's doing things that I would do. And so I liked hearing that compliment for a while that people like my true realistic character, but then I kind of realized, Oh, they're saying they're, they're saying I'm uh, flawed, which, which is fine. <laughs> so, so why would publishers not like, I mean, okay, let's say, even you send it to a publisher and they go, okay, I don't, you know, we don't like the way this is exactly written. We'd like to change this or do that. Who wouldn't love the premise of this story when we know what sells and we know what makes movies. And another one that just popped in my mind is the CSI TV series that have been around for 25 years. Those are forensic scientists and they run around on their show with guns and shoot people. I don't think there's a whole <laughs> bunch of people working down at the morgue that are running around shooting people. But they're they're cops too, and we turn them into action shows and things like that. Who could have possibly seen this? Who, who what literary agent, or have, have you gotten it to anybody in Hollywood and said, "Look at this premise for a story," and, and if you have to rewrite it into a screenplay or whatever, 
who would not like this story? Yeah, I well, I, I certainly agree with you. I'm, I'm biased as, as the author, but I think, again, I if I saw the trailer for this, I would be the first one in line to watch the movie for it. Uh, I it's just a really exciting premise in my mind, and I yeah, I think it I think it would be a it should sell. I I um, you know I when I first finished this uh, years ago, this this first draft, I I approached. Um, over a hundred literary agents in this and, and got a hundred rejections. But the thing is they, um, you know, they, they, they see pitches, they see a thousand pitches a week and they can only pick maybe one to pursue. And so it's really, it's just really hard to crack into the, uh, business without having some sort of platform first, uh, you know, a, a following and, um, and, you know, I'm an engineer, so I didn't have, have any of that at the time. And, uh, uh, but I'm working now to build an audience and, and trying to keep momentum going. So, uh, and See, I could play this game all day. Nicholas Cage in National Treasure, the guy was a historian. He was like a history professor, a history guy. <laughs> and he becomes this action hero. I mean, you can do this all day long. And I don't know, there, there would, it seems to me, and you, Michael, I'm not an engineer, okay? I don't get what you do. I don't understand anything you do with roads and bridges and highways and all that stuff, but I can imagine a million ways that if this became a franchise or actually became something, you could take this character and a million different things you could bring in through engineering that would be very, very interesting in the plot and in these stories. Have you thought about where you want to, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, where you go from here (laughs) with this character. Is there more for this character? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I've, it's been my, uh, it's been my dream or intention all along to, uh, to have this be, uh, to be a series, a lot like the Jack Reacher series, um, where each story, each, each novel is just, it's, it's a self-contained story, but it's, but you follow this main character that just comes across a new adventure. And, and so you wouldn't even have to, yeah. So I envision just, I, I would love to just sit here and just be cranking out books. And obviously I, I have a very limited amount of spare time to be able to do that. But, um, I, yeah, there's a lot of adventures for Mose Haley to uh, encounter. And, and again, you know, there could be six, seven, eight books and you could pick up any different one. They'd be their own story that you could pick up and read. That's kind of what I, what I envision for this, uh, franchise. Okay. So what, if you were just to dream a little bit, the engineer in you, uh, if you're dreaming, what are the iconic engineering marvels on this planet that you could put into a novel? And have you thought about, you know, things globally, you know, what structures and things around the world that you could work into one of these? Uh, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm always, uh, you know, how buildings are, would be fun, you know, the Burj uh, building in, in, in Dubai you know, do something with that. Uh, I, I've always been, I, you know, one of the things I did when I was a, was a kid was, you know, I had family in New Jersey and we visited, uh, the world trade center. I went up on the roof of the world trade center before, it, uh, you know, before it was destroyed. And, uh, you know, that's something I'll never be able to do, but that was really cool. Uh, especially for, uh, uh, to be a young, to be engineer at the time. And, uh, so yeah, I think that would be a good place to start is start some of these, uh, incredibly tall buildings. Uh, but yeah, really the possibilities are endless. I mean, dams, pyramids, uh, bridges, 
um, all kinds of fun things to get into. All right. I'm just a podcast dude in Lenexa, but we got a slew of actors in Kansas city. Now, have you been able to reach any of them? The, the Paul Rudd or Eric Stone street or any of these guys that are here all the time that have connections in Hollywood. Is there any way to get them the book? Do you know how to do that? That's, uh, that's so far out of my wheelhouse. I just, I wouldn't know where to start. You know, I mean, I'm trying to promote the best I can, uh, on Twitter and things like that, but, um, but no, I, I don't know how to, I don't have connections or anything like that to reach out to those folks or, or um, you know, let people know we have this, uh, you know, exciting story that takes place in the heartland of Kansas. So. Yeah. And, and you know what? You're just a really honest guy. I mean, it says on your website, I spent some time on there and it says, look, I'm not a salesman. I'm not a marketer. I'm an engineer. And I really don't know how to do this. I just, I just feel compelled somehow. And I hope that our audience is listening. If you know anybody. You know, it, you know, and I know we've had a few people say, hey, they know some writers in Hollywood or they know this person that's a, you know, stage director or something like that. Anybody that knows anybody, get a hold of me or get a hold of Michael. And it doesn't hurt to just get the book to somebody and say, take a look. What do you think? Because I look, maybe I don't maybe I don't know anything, but the premise of this just sounds fantastic to me. I mean, it really sounds like a million ways you can go with this. His website is michaelstewart.fun. If you want to reach out, there's a contact site on there. You can send me an email, and I'll try to get connected with Michael Stewart. I, I think the possibilities here are endless. You are achieving some success. The people who read this book like it, and I would encourage any of our listeners to get it if you like to read books or if you want to give a gift for the holiday season this year, just go to Amazon. It's called The Hills Be Shaken, and it's got a Midwest local flair because uh, it's a dam break, Tuttle Creek, and, and so there's a lot of cool things going on here that you may identify with. And it's written by somebody locally and people really like the book. That's got to be very encouraging for you. It, it is. It's, it's, it's incredibly, every time I see a review, a positive review come in and, and they've been all been positive for the most part. It's just, I just, it's just one more that I just can't believe. I just can't believe it. People are responding in the way that they do. Have you done any other interviews? Am I am I like your first? Are you are you getting on any you know TV shows or radio shows or anything like that around here? Um, I'm getting a few lined up. I've got a podcast. Uh, I've got a uh, a uh, literary podcast lined up uh, uh, for uh, January, uh, early January. So um, I did a I did a Nintendo podcast a few months ago for my World Records, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but no, otherwise, yeah, I'm trying to get out there and, and, and do what I can to promote it while still, you know, working my nine to five job and, and, uh, taking care of my family. So how long did it actually take while you're working and you have all these kids, how long does it actually take to write a book on the side and how do you do it with, I mean, I'm going to assume your house is pretty loud a lot with all those kids running around. How, how are you able to do this? It is, uh, you know, the, one thing, you know, when I first kind of started this, this hobby of writing, I, I, it was my, it was when my wife went back to work. She, um, you know, she was home with the kids for a while when they were younger, but then she, uh, started working overnight shifts at the hospital. She was a respiratory therapist and I'd get the kids to bed, you know, when they were younger at the time, I'd get them to bed and, and there'd be, there was actually a, an hour or two of quiet time in the evenings. And, um, that was when I kind of escaped into to give them this writing thing a try, I just fell in love with it. I mean, the first time I sat down and wrote a scene, it was, you know, I just 
felt alive like I hadn't before. It was really, uh, really a great experience, and I've been riding ever since. So. Oh, you, dude, you got the creative bug now. Okay, so mine, <laughs> mine is not the gift of writing. I'm a spoken word guy, and once it's in you, you can't, you can't quit. You're not going to shake this, Michael. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to keep writing. You felt something when you came up with this story, didn't you? Yeah, for sure. What do your kids think? How many of them were able to read it so far? Um, a few of them, I, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I, I do a lot, had to do a lot of proofreading and a lot of editing of, uh, as I was going through. And, um, so some, you know, that gets old. Sometimes I just want to read it out loud to change up and, and it's good to read it out loud. You catch different, different things that you wouldn't normally catch. And, and so I'll do that, uh, in, in the company of them sometimes to, so they, they catch chapters here and there and, and, um, that, you know, and uh, some of them find it entertaining. Some of them are uh, tired of hearing me talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is what I do. I write a newsletter every weekend uh, for my patrons, and I enjoy writing it. And I, I used to write a lot. I, I wrote in high school. I wrote in college, and I enjoyed writing. And mm -hmm. I write this newsletter every week, and I've set it up to where we, we use MailChimp. We send it out to 700 people or whatever, and Jessica does that. So she comes in and she sends it and I've got it set up to where like, okay, I wrote this. I emailed it to both of us. We've got record of it. Here it is. You proofread it and send it. And sometimes she doesn't even care to proofread it because she just doesn't. And it's just typos. Yeah. Okay. So there's no, I can't send a newsletter. So it's not a big deal. I got a buddy who's a stickler on this. And he's like, you know, there were three more typos in your newsletter. I said, Tony, <laughs> I cannot, Michael, I'm not kidding you. I cannot go back and reread it. Once I write it, I'm done. I walk away. I can't do it. It's actual work. It's, I mean, yeah, it's painful it's to reread it. Why is that painful? <laughs> I don't know, but not only is it not only is it painful, it's you know what you meant to say before. So your brain already, even when you reread it, your brain tells you what the sentence is supposed to say, not what it actually says. And, right. and it's hard to catch some of your own uh, mistakes in there. It's really hard. That make it hard for someone else to read and understand because it was in your head. That's exactly right. That's exactly. And I think that's yeah. why I don't like doing it because when I've done it, I've gone back and I'm like, oh, this was wordy and goofy. I need to change this. And now I'm beating myself up for sucking, you know, and I, and I don't like doing that either. <laughs> yeah. I think we're finding common ground here, Michael, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So what are you writing now? Are you working on something now? And, and do you... I, I see you're active on Twitter and things like that. And you've got a fun, your Twitter handle is at hump day hoopla. That's right. Yeah. Okay. What's that? What's uh, that mean? <laughs> well, originally I, originally I set that up. I, my thought was, so, you know, I was fine and I was getting distracted at work a lot talking to, you know, talking to other to coworkers and, you know, about, you know, whatever, about K-State football or Chiefs football or whatever the latest movie is. And, and I was like, I need to get back to work. And so I, I started, I started instead of every time I thought of something to talk about, I would just write it down. And, and, and then on Wednesdays, I sent out kind of a newsletter to all my friends of these, these just random thoughts throughout the week. And it was every Wednesday. So I called it Hunt Day Hoopla and got a Twitter account. And, yeah, and, uh, it, that's still my account. So. That's awesome. <laughs> so people could follow you that way and see your musings and the things you're doing. And I, I didn't let you even finish. You're, are you working on another book right now? Or what, what are you, when you sit down to the keyboard right now, what are you writing? What are you trying to do? 
Yeah. Well, I've been pretty busy promoting the, the current book, trying to keep the momentum going on it. But um, the the next book, I yeah, I've got sort of a I don't I I can't give too much away. It's sort of a um, uh, a ghost. Uh, the, the movie Ghost, you know, it's Ghost beneath uh, Quantum Leap. It's got sort of a time travel uh, aspect to it. And um, I've never done time travel before, but uh, it's going to be fun. And I, I actually, the first chapter I submitted um, to the Kansas Authors Club for their annual uh, first chapter contest and took third place last month in their um, in the 2022 uh, contest. So I'm pretty excited about that. And so that's, that's the next one. <laughs> Man, that's just awesome. That is, that is that is so good. The book is The Hills Be Shaken. It's a novel by Michael Stewart. You can find it at Amazon in any form, audiobook, ebook, paperback. First 10 people that buy it, if you send a message from his website, michaelstewart.fun, to him, he'll autograph the copy of the paperback and send it to you, which is a pretty cool deal. So hopefully people will go get this. I think it'd be a great holiday gift or anybody that just wants to read a, a really fun, interesting book. It's Engineer Becomes Cop. It happens right here in the Midwest. And I think you've got a great, great idea here. I wish you the very best of luck promoting this. And and I just wish you and your family a wonderful Thanksgiving and Christmas season, man. You sound like a great guy. I'm sure we all have a lot in common. And I, I'm, I'm so blessed that listeners of this podcast reach out to me with interesting, fun things that they're doing. I think by nature, a lot of conservatives are entrepreneurial. And that's sort of what this is. Yeah, you're feeding a craving, an artistic craving that you have, but you're trying to do something on your own, man. And I, I can't tell you how much I respect you for that. Well, thank you. That, that's the kindest words, Kevin. And um, and thank, I, I I admire and appreciate everything you do as well. I've been a, been a longtime fan. So. I will be in touch. Let's get some book sales going. Let's see if we can get a hold of some people, okay? Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you. There is Michael Stewart. He is an engineer by trade. Streets, highways, bridges, things of that nature. And he has written a novel, The Hills Be Shaken. You want to check this out. It's at Amazon. I think you're going to like it. It's a thriller. It's an action thriller. It's, it's a great, great, great premise. So we wish him absolutely the very best. You can reach him at michaelstewart.fun. michaelstewart.fun. It's Die Hard meets MacGyver. Go check that out for the holidays. Interesting guy. Man, I love it. This is probably the fourth. I'll have to go back and look. The fourth or fifth author we've had on of people in our audience that have written books and they're trying to go out on their own and they're coming up with these ideas. But this thing's getting great reviews. He's averaging four and a half stars. He's got 98% approval uh, by people who read the book. They, they're loving it. And if, if you got any ideas how to get this into somebody else's hand, I don't know anything about the publishing industry. I just don't. You know, my thing would be I can give him some contacts at Channel 4 or a couple TV stations and say maybe you could do some more interviews and get some more publicity for the book and maybe that works. But... And I'm sitting here thinking about all these guys that do this big slick thing. We got to get the book in one of their, who knows? They, may, they, might, they might all hate it, but they might go, you know what? I know a guy that might think this is pretty interesting. Because I think of, you know, when I'm thinking of engineer turns cop, I'm almost kind of thinking Paul Rudd, you know, a, a, not your typical Schwarzenegger, badass kind of guy. You know, here's little Paul. I could see Paul Rudd as an engineer, maybe put some glasses on him. He's an engineer. He's working in a cubicle, whatever. And this thing happens, and all of a sudden he's forced to start working with the FBI, and he's got a gun, and he becomes an. It, it just, it's a, it's pretty cool, pretty interesting premise. The Hills Be Shaken by Michael Stewart, one of our very own, right here in the Kansas City area. KKHI is brought to you by AmazingGarageFloors.net, another great Kansas City company. Hutch and Heather do such a phenomenal job with everything that they do, from sealing your garage to your driveway. I got a great email here 
from a listener named Rick says they were out to install our amazing garage floor. Side story, I had a picture from a friend in Tennessee who had his floor done, loved the color and asked John if he had that color. He said he didn't, but he could order it in special for 500 bucks. I said, no, thanks. I picked out a stock color for the floor. The next day, his wife, Heather, called me and asked if she could come to the house. She wanted to see if she could match the color I wanted. She and I played around with the flakes until we came up with something very close to what I was looking for. No additional charge. Customer service, absolutely unparalleled and amazing garage floors. Heather was slash is super to work with. Hutch, you hearing that? I'm getting reviews on Heather being better than you. That's what's happening. That's what's happening with the KKHI listeners. I love that. He also used the folks at Banner Garage to help out with his garage as well, which is a pretty cool deal. AmazingGarageFloors.net. Jocelyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. It's holiday season, guys. You know what to do. She wants something that sparkles. Online at Jocelyn'sJewelry.com or swing in there any day and check them all out. Cameron's the guy to ask for. Cameron is the uh, son-in-law's kind of taking over and doing the business. It's a family business. It's a family-run business. Cameron's there every day. That's the bottom line. Jaws isn't there every day. Uh, Cameron is there every single day. So ask for Cameron when you go to Joslin's 95th and Antioch, the jeweler you recommend to your friends and family. And advanced medical imaging online at medimageks.com. If you need an MRI or a CT scan, why would you wait with an expensive hospital chain that is time-consuming? You need a scan. You need a scan. Today's good. Tomorrow's okay. Advanced medical imaging does that. Medimageks.com. Or call Tricia. Schedule your appointment at 785-856-0224 online at medimageks.com. Michael Stewart, good stuff, buddy. We wish him the very, very best. I love the spirit of conservatives. I love it. Nothing's slowing this guy down, man. Married, six kids, devout Catholic, writing novels on the side, works his butt off as an engineer. This is the American way. This is how really great things happen. Is it a one in a thousand, one in a million? I don't know what his chances are. I know this. It wouldn't surprise me if one day Hollywood grabbed this and said, engineer becomes cop, action film. Interesting. Okay. He's, there's, nobody else has written novels about engineers becoming action stars. Nobody's done that. And he knows all about engineering, obviously, because he is one. So pretty cool premise. We wish him absolutely the very, very best. And I love sharing stories of people like this, especially around the holiday season. I love doers. You love doers, not the scotch. Uh, people who do things. We love doers. And Michael Stewart seems to be that guy. I hope you enjoyed that. It's fun. That's why we say sports, politics, and life. Because we try to emphasize people living their best life. That's our guy, Michael Stewart, on KKHI. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Woo-hoo!